You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. Thank you for joining me today. If you are new to the Locked On Packers podcast, I'm the only Packers beat writer with a daily podcast, so you can find this every Monday through Friday. You can subscribe via iTunes and Android app, and please check out the rest of the great Lockdown Network, which includes Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, and Lockdown Colts, to get you ready for Sunday. And of course, you can check me out at my day job, which is at PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview, and Packer Report members get 10% discounts on tickets through Ticketmonster, 10% discounts on gear through Fanatics, and if you're a Cubs fan, get your World Series gear through uh, Fanatics, get it through us, and you save 10%. And uh, new or renewing Packer Report annual members get a one-year subscription to Sports Illustrated. Got a good show for you today. It is Matchups Thursday. I'll go through the uh, defining matchups that will uh, dictate Sunday's outcome. On Friday, it will be the Behind Enemy Lines podcast with my colleague over at Lockdown Colts. But first, it's first down, and that'd be injury updates from yesterday. And the big one there with center starting center J.C. Treader. Um, out with a knee injury, not a major knee injury, but he'll miss a little bit of time with that. Corey Lindsley, who still is officially on the pup list, he'll be activated from that at some point, and we'll get the start. Um, Coach Mike McCarthy on Lindsley yesterday. We've been doing extra work with Corey all along. I think it first starts in the strength and conditioning aspect of it. He's a pro in his approach, so his conditioning, I would say, is at a very high level right now. But there's nothing like football shape. We understand that. So the padded work opportunity and the post-practice things, he's been putting in the extra time. Performance and scheme miles will be fine. Remember, he started all 16 games as a rookie in 2014 when Treader went down. Ended up being all rookie and started 13 games last year. Uh, just got knocked out with an like, ankle injury a bit. So he's got 29 starts in two games, so he'll be fine there. Um, he's been working in, in, the, in the big deal. I mean, just because he hasn't been practicing up until here a, a couple weeks ago, He's at least been in the meetings. I mean, he's been around the team, so he's aware of you know the, how the offense has evolved and, and the checks and the calls and all that. Here's what Lindsley said yesterday. Aaron's a professional, obviously, and he did an excellent job today of running through everything, the different cadences, the different adjustments that we have, everything that he can possibly throw at me. Obviously, the you know the, the as McCarthy kind of alluded to, the you know being in shape is one thing, being in football shape is quite another. So if there's any sort of Concern with Lindsay, it might be that. I would say, um, and especially with you know Green Bay's been playing ball hog football lately. They they are up to number six in the league in time of possession and beginning a lot of plays. So I I think I think conditioning at least bears some watching. As uh, Lindsay again said yesterday, quote, being in football shape is taking some time. Working with everybody, I think I've done a good job of coming back. I don't feel out of shape at practice. And then the, here's the funny line. Watching the game, I'll be throwing up on the sideline. So that was that was a good line. Um, also on the injury report from yesterday, Rand, wide receiver Randall Cobb, receiver slash running back Ty Montgomery, and outside linebacker Clay Matthews all limited. As you know, that those three guys did not play against the Falcons on Sunday. They were questionable on the injury report and didn't play. I don't have a great feel for those guys right now. Um, at yesterday's practice, you know, Cobb was the only one of those three who did anything, but. Now, we, we didn't get to see the last 
hour and a half of it, so who knows what Montgomery and Matthews did when we were gone. So I, we'll get a better feel of that today. Today, Thursday, is the padded practice day. So I think uh, today's injury report will bear some watching. Um, cornerback Quinton Rollins has missed the last three games with a groin injury. He did practice, and he did work when we were on the field. That's good news because Dimitri Goodson, who's been one of the fill-in starters, has a concussion. So the Packers go from thin at cornerback to, well, they're, they're thin at cornerback. And last injury of note, wide receiver Jordy Nelson, who injured a hand or a wrist or something or other in that last series against the Falcons, not even on the injury report. So he's, he's good to go. And that takes us to second down and the first part of our matchups. And that'd be first when the Packers have the ball. And, you know, on paper last week, the Packers seem like they're going to have a big day against the Falcons defense, which is pretty god-awful. Well, I'd say it's the same thing this week. Packers are home for one. Their offense has gotten moving here for two. And three, the Colts defense, well, it's god-awful. Just it, they, they are they're bad pretty much across the board. Um, and you know, you know whether Cobb or, or Ty Montgomery play or not, I, I just think they're going to have a, a field day. Colts coach, Chuck, Colts coach Chuck Pagano, very high praise of Rodgers. Again, they all praise Rodgers. But this, this, this was unsolicited. Um, he's kind of giving a rundown of his team. And he says that they've got one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback, to ever play this game in Aaron Rodgers. The guy is unbelievable. So how about that for a quote? Like, you call him... I mean, he's, he's got Andrew Luck on his team, and he's calling Aaron Rodgers one of the greatest, or if not the greatest, to ever play the game. And that's uh, about as high praise as you can get. And so, you know, I mentioned a minute ago, you know, the Packers' offense, for all their struggles, to start the year has really gotten things moving. And again, it's it's two weeks, so it's a small sample size. And they haven't played... You know, the Bears' defense is fairly mediocre, and, the you know, the Falcons' defense isn't good at all. But the last two games, they're fifth in scoring, and Rodgers is third in pass rating, first in touchdown passes, second in completions, fourth in completion percentage. So Rodgers is starting to look a bit more like Rodgers in the Packers offense. It's starting to look a bit more like the Packers offense, especially over these last six quarters. And it's bad news for the Colts here that Rodgers has gotten going because the Colts' pass defense is terrible. 31st in yards per game, 25th in yards per attempt, 32nd in interception percentage, and 26th in sack percentage. That's uh, that's not good. And you put everything all together, completion percentage, yards, and all that kind of good stuff. Merely 30th in opponent pass rating at 103.1. I asked I asked Chuck Pagano during our Wednesday conference call, what's up with that pass defense? Pagano says, we make no excuses. We've had some issues with personnel being in and out, some injuries, things like that. But we make no excuses. It's always next man up. We have our hands full come Sunday with this Packers offense and the quarterback we're facing and the skill positions that we're facing. Nobody does it better in the National Football League. We'll have a huge challenge on our hands again. Now, listening to Pagano talk about it's no excuses, but it sounds like Green Bay's <laughs> sounds like Green Bay's secondary, right? Which has been all beat to hell. Uh, the Colts' best corner and probably their best defender is uh, Vontae Davis. He's got a concussion, might not play. So that's obviously a, a major blow to them. Uh, you know, Assuming Green Bay spreads the field again with three receivers, that would put the Colts in their nickel package throughout the game. Patrick Robinson is the other corner. Darius Butler is the, the nickel slot guy. And speaking of injuries, they, they've missed three games each. Um, Robinson, a, a first-round pick by the Saints in 2010, 
he's fine. I mean, he's probably hasn't lived up to that, and he's probably, even though he's not like a 30-year-old veteran, I think he's probably on the back end of his career. Um, Butler has been playing through a broken finger, not exactly what you want playing corner and in the slot where, you know, slot corners have to go tackle people. Um, staying in the secondary, Mike Adams is 35, clearly their best safety. Though he hasn't played to that form yet to the season. You know, I, I, he had seven takeaways in 2014 that led the NFL and five interceptions in 2015. This year he has no, no interceptions or anything. In fact, the only interceptions on the team belong one to Davis, one to Butler for a grand total of two interceptions. At safety, Clayton Gathers and TJ Green, a second-year guy and a first-year guy respectively, uh, play opposite of Adams. Gathers is a physical guy at 220. Green's a guy I really like coming out of Clemson. If you just like guys who are tall and are fast and, and athletic, I mean, Green Green checked off all the boxes. He was a second-round pick. You know, I, my, my, my projection to him, which, of course, is my dad would have said, that in 25 cents will get you a cup of coffee. But my, my projection to him was, well, he's going to be a damn good player. Um, Randall Cobb, who is usually Mr. Vanilla in the locker room when you ask him questions about the opposition, now, even he said there's opportunities against the Colts, as he said yesterday. You definitely see some openings in their zone. You see guys running away from man coverage. There's plays out there to be made, but there's still a professional group. We're going up against pros. You never can take anything for granted. You never can take anybody lightly, regardless of who they are. The Colts obviously have to rush Rodgers, which is going to be no picnic, because the Packers' line has been tremendous. There's some injury Situations up there too, with obviously without Shredder. And, you know, I, I forgot to even mention that that right guard T.J. Lang didn't practice yesterday. He's been he's briefly left the last two games with a, with an injured hip. Um, but getting back to the Colts here, their their most productive guy, Eric Walden, who you recall from the Packers Super Bowl team. Green Bay picked him up off the scrap heap in uh, you know at, at, during the season, and and he was between him and Frank Zombo, they were the Outside linebackers opposite Clay Matthews during that playoff run. Walden's got six sacks this year. He ranks eighth in the league. He's got six of the Colts, 14. So he's been great. The rest of the team has been not. Eric Walden and Robert Matthews is like a thousand years old. They are the they're outside linebackers. Matthews is a sixth or Matthews. Mathis is a six-time Pro Bowler with a franchise record 120 career sacks. Only two this year, though. And going to inside linebacker in the Colts 3-4 scheme, uh, Dequel Jackson. Man, that guy just tackles people. I remember he was a free agent a couple years ago. And, you know, you, you get into, well, the Packers should explore this signing. Well, of course, you, they don't explore any signing. So why, why are we wasting our time on this? But he's always been a tackling machine. He had 193 last year. 54 this year, so not quite that pace. But he's a he's a hell of a good player and... There's been three guys who've started opposite him at the other inside spot. And up front, not a, not a great group. Arthur Jones is their best player, a former standout with the Colts. Got a, a boatload of money to sign with, or gosh darn it, anyways. A former standout with the Ravens. These Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Colts. Boy, I'm old. Yeah, I blame this one on watching that stupid World Series. And, and that rain delay, albeit brief, did me no favors. Um, I mean, Jones is their best guy. But he needs need to start playing like their best guy. He was suspended for four games to start the year. And acted for the fifth game. So he started the last three games. Hasn't done a whole lot. And I mean, he's got to be linchpin of that D-line. Uh, 
The Colts have allowed 4.5 yards per carry. You know about the Packers, right? Hell, they're not going to run the ball, right? Well, you know, maybe they will. Uh, McCarthy was asked yesterday about Don Jackson. And McCarthy kind of hinted that, that Jackson's going to get some more some more run here. And we'll, we'll see how this goes, obviously. But at this point, Jackson is the only running back on the roster. I mean, it's him and it's fullback Aaron Ripkowski with the release of Niall Davis. That's all they got. They did uh, re-sign Brandon Burks to the practice squad yesterday. So they have, I guess he's potentially their starter next week if something were to happen to Jackson. It's, it's unbelievable how... Uh, Ted Thompson has treated this roster, and he just keeps rolling the dice at corner and running back, and they're so shorthanded, and they're playing with guys who may or may not be in the league or might be only special teams guys in, in the case of the corners, and he just keeps going with them. And I know it's Thompson's way, but, man, you, you wonder behind closed doors what Mike McCarthy and his assistant coaches think about their GM when they're – Again, I, I and I and I tell you what I've been—I have been a Ted Thompson defender for a, for a long time, and I and I understand that you don't make knee-jerk reactions about your roster when you're struggling, and I understand not signing guys in free agency because you don't you don't have money to do it in the long run. If you, if you be a big picture look at your roster, but I mean this is incredible that they just keep rolling out guys. I mean they're, they're just guys. Demetri Goodson's just a guy. I mean who the who the hell is Don Jackson? But he's he's their only running back. It's just unbelievable. But back to uh, what McCarthy said yesterday about Jackson. He's a good football player. He's instinctive. He's got juice in his body. Frankly, he needs to play. That was the first full game he played in quite some time. So I thought he was, you know, he just needs to slow down a little bit. Detail his work. I thought he had an excellent pass protection pickup. And that's what you want to see, especially the ability to put his hand in there. Remember, he's got an injured left hand. Uh, back to McCarthy here. But he'll get more opportunities this week. And we're going to just keep working with him and try to detail how he's going, up, going to be used. I think that's important for any young player that's just getting more used to more opportunities. But he's on a good path. I like the way Don goes about it. And you know what? McCarthy better like how Don goes about it because there's nobody else. Unless it's going to be Aaron Rupkowski uh, being the ball carrier on Sunday against the Colts. And that takes us to third down, and that's when the Colts have the ball. And in a, in a way, these these offenses are are mirror images in in that when Rodgers goes, the Packers go, and when Andrew Luck goes, the Colts go. And, and Luck is a I mean, he's a top five quarterback. And like Rodgers, I mean, he can beat you with his arm, and he can beat you with his legs, and that's really, really where the similarities lie. In fact, they both had sixty rushing yards last week. It'll be interesting to see how. Really how deep both defenses go about this. And McCarthy predicted the Colts would play more man-to-man. And if you go to man-to-man, Rodgers is going to run. But you should get those DBs with their backs turned and they can't see the running quarterback. Which means you're probably going to, you know, like the Falcons did last week, probably a lot of three-man rushing and a spy back there. And I, you wonder what the Packers are going to do um, against Luck. Um, but Luck, as for like eight games here for him, um, about 2,300 yards, 16 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, a pass rating of 96.2. To me, the 5 interceptions are the key number. You look back to the last two years, he's, he's been a turnover machine. And for a guy of his skill, the number of turnovers is just, I mean, you just can't do that. I mean, he played 7 games last year and threw 12 picks, and the team, the team frankly, was better with Matt Hasselbeck when, 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 when luck went down. I mean, he... And then in, in 2014, 16 picks in 16 games. So, I mean, he's, 
I mean, he's been terrible. You, you can't play like that and expect to win football games. Well, five interceptions in eight games this year. Obviously, he seems to have curtailed that. And you know what? He's, he's, you know, he's playing better in this regard, too, where his 63.7% completion rate would be the best of his career. So he's, he's playing very well. And if you're Green Bay, you've got to be scared to death about Andrew Luck. And here's why. Matt Ryan carved up. And I mean, he's got a good receiver, Core Ryan does. Obviously, Julio Jones being hurt helped the Packers. Muhammad Sanu's a, a good complimentary guy. And not a speed guy. And, you know, they, you know, Justin Hardy was their number four. He's not a speed guy. Taylor Gabriel, who beat Goodson for that long touchdown, I mean, he can run. But I mean, especially with Jones being hurt, not a whole lot of deep threats there. Well, the Colts, and these guys are going to stick a track team out there. I mean, this is, this is like old school Raiders. Um, their number one guy is T.Y. Hilton. At his scouting combine, a 4.36 and a 40. Uh, Philip Dorsett is their number three guy. He was their first-round pick last year or a couple years ago. He ran in 4.28. So those guys are small, about 5.9 and a half for both. But they are fast. And they're, uh, you know, it's it's Hilton and Dante Moncrief as their starter. Hilton or Moncrief was a third-round pick in, in, back in 14. He's their big guy, 6.2 and a half. But he runs in 4.4. So you've got a lot of speed out there. And the Packers, of course, don't have Sam Shields, and he was their speed guy. So, uh, you know, if we project here, the starting corners are going to be Ladarius Gunter, who is not a speed guy. I mean, at, at that 2015 combine, he was the worst testing cornerback in the entire combine. Now, he's played very well, very, very well. And I assume he gets Moncrief. And that's going to leave Quentin, that's going to leave Quentin Rollins, who... He's missed three games with a groin injury. I mean, I don't know if he's 100%. We're, we're going to find out. That's going to leave him against against T.Y. Hilton, who's their, who's their speed guy. I mean, he's their speed guy and their, and their most productive guy. And that's going to leave Dorsett in his blazing speed against Micah Hyde. And Hyde, the knock on Hyde coming out of Iowa is he is, you know, he is fast enough to, he's not fast enough to play corner. And he's, and, and he's, He's he's played well, but he's not going. I mean, going against fourth, two, eight, and a forty is a whole other ball of wax. So, I think this is a huge, huge, huge issue in this game is how Green Bay's ability to to keep up with the Colts' speed. Um, Hilton has been the guy for luck. Forty-eight catches, seven hundred and nine yards. Uh, he is sixth in receptions, fourth in yards in the league. A fifteen point four yard average shows you the big play skill. Four touchdowns. Uh, here's Andrew Luck from his from his conference call. He's an intelligent football player. He puts the ball in the excuse me. He puts the, in the time in the meeting room on the practice field. He's obviously very athletic and has all the physical skill. It's been fun. We were both rookies together in 2012, so it's been fun to grow up together in the NFL. And with Moncrief back, or excuse me, Moncrief missed five games with a shoulder injury. When so when he was out. He uh, luck turned to Jack Doyle as his number two guy. Doyle, 31 catches, 318 yards, and four touchdowns. That touchdown count is number one in the NFL among tight ends. So he's, you know, Green Bay struggled a little bit with Austin Hooper with so much an emphasis, emphasis on Julio Jones, and you wonder with so much of an emphasis on, on Moncrief and especially Hilton if there's going to be some room here for, for Doyle. Green, you know, the key here for Green Bay is going to be their pass rush. They obviously got no rush whatsoever on Matt Ryan last week. And with the state of the corners, you probably can't blitz. So it's going to be up to the Packers win up front. And you know, this is this is really the matchup for Green Bay. 
Luck's been sacked 31 times. It's six more than any quarterback. Six more. Man, that is horrible. And they've been, they've been vulnerable at tackle, left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, a first-round pick a few years ago. He's allowed five and a half sacks. Of the right tackle is Joe Hag, a rookie fifth-round pick from North Dakota State. He's allowed five sacks and six starts. Uh, last week, the Colts were crushed at home, 30-14 to 14 by the Chiefs. Look here, here's this. Check out this stat. Luck was pressured on 25 of his 48 dropbacks. I mean, that's horrible. So, you know, if Green Bay gets Matthews back, that'd be huge to take advantage of that, where it's Matthews and, and Peppers and Nick Perry to take advantage of what seems like a pretty good matchup or pretty big mismatch in Green Bay's favor. Of course, for the Packers, always starts with stopping your run. Frank Gore, like Robert Mathis, I looked at his birth certificate. He's a million, million years old, but he's a damn good player. He is, uh, he's had eight 1,000-yard seasons in his career. That's uh, one of only 11 runners to do that. He's on pace for number nine this year, 532 yards and a 4.2-yard average. I mean, he is a one-man running game. Their number two back is Robert Turbin, 16 carries. And rookie Josh Ferguson plays a lot on third down. He's got 19 catches. He's a guy I really liked coming out of Illinois. I'm undersized a bit. So I didn't figure the Packers they have a whole lot of interest in him. Green Bay doesn't deal with those short guys. But he's a little undersized, uh, but but a, a terrific athlete. And, 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 uh, and I, I just liked him personally, too. Um, uh, going back to Frank Gore, this is uh, Coach Mike McCarthy from yesterday. I've had great respect for Frank Gore. I remember coaching him as a rookie. I uh, second bat when uh, McCarthy was OC with the Niners in 2005. You could see right away he was going to be a great player in this league. His instincts and his ability to run between the tackles and really bounce the football I thought was unique. He's probably the best I've ever had at making yards out of very little. His ability to get skinny in the hole and slice up front, he was special. His instincts are unique. So that's going to be a, a big focal point for Green Bay you got to stop Gore because he just can't have luck going play action on second and five because with that speed, he's going to kill him. And that will take us to fourth down, and that would be look at the special teams and then a couple odds and ends at the, ends of, at the end of this. Kicker Adam Vinatieri, unbelievable. He is 43 years old. So am I. <laughs> I, I can't do 43 words of this podcast <laughs> worth of crap. But he's made 43 consecutive field goals. I mean, it is unbelievable. That is an NFL record. And you say, well, fine, they're all chip shots, right? No, he is 5 out of 5 from 50-plus this week or this year. See, I can't go 43 words in a podcast <laughs> without screwing something up, and he's made 43 straight field goals. So what we've learned here today is Adam Vinatieri is a better field goal kicker than I'm a podcaster. But he is 5 for 5 on 50-plus, on including a long of 54. So he... He can still kick it, and he is still dang clutch, too. 26 game-winning field goals in the final minute of the fourth quarter or overtime, including two last year. Of course, the most memorable of those kicks was back with the Patriots when he beat the Rams in, in uh, Super Bowl 38. Well, I remember the Patriots. So they got a great kicker. Got a great punter, too. Um, Pat McAfee, a 50.3-yard average, and he's sixth in net at 42.3. The other end of the coin here, the return game hasn't done much. Do that, some of that is in due uh, to the injury situation where they, they've lost some of the returners. And it'll probably be Ferguson on kickoffs and Dorsett with his speed uh, uh, back there on punts. Uh, 
a brief uh, correction from yesterday's podcast. I mentioned that I have my second edition of the Packer Report special teams rankings up yesterday. Uh, since Ron Zook talks today, I forget I, I would hold off on those. So those will debut tonight. Um, you know, Green Bay, I, I will tell you, is in the middle of the pack and, and down just a bit from my, my first run. I, I, I think, I, you know, look, you're halfway through the year. I think it's a significant sample size on special teams. Um, to some odds and ends here. Uh, actually, one, back, one more thing on special teams. Back, going back to Pat McAfee, you know, obviously Trevor Davis had, had that long punt return last week, and it was blocked well for one, but, I mean, that's where you saw Davis' speed. The Falcons had two chances to get him down for a return of about 10 or 15 yards, and he just outran the angle. I mean, the guys thought they had him, and they ended up tackling error. I mean, he just got got in the open open field and and, and was and was off the races. And, you know, any little bit helps for this offense, which, while Scott and going the last two weeks, still is going to struggle, I think, to consistently move the ball. Maybe not in a game like this, but against better defenses. So anything that Davis can do would be huge because, you know what, the, the kickoff return unit, the best thing they do is take touchbacks. And, you know, as the weather, you know, we get to November and December and the weather might not be ideal. I, you know, those touchbacks are, are probably going to be fewer and far between. And Green Bay's got to get that part of the game cranked up. Some odds and ends here. Um, the Colts lead the series 21-20-1. The difference came in the last matchup back in 2012 at, uh, at, uh, in, in Indianapolis. Remember that game? Colts won 30-27 to on, on a last-second field goal. Uh, last-second touchdown, excuse me. Uh, Bruce Arians was the Colts interim coach with uh, Chuck Pagano being treated for leukemia. So that was a quite the scene there. I was there for that game. Uh, Andrew Luck hit Reggie White for the go-ahead score with 35 seconds to go. The Packers led by 18 at one point in that game and yacked all that up. And Green Bay drove right down the field. But Mason Crosby missed from 51 yards on the final play, and that was that. Indy hasn't won at Lambeau since 1988. I would say they don't come here very often, so it's kind of a, a weird stat. Their last trip here, 2008, with Peyton Manning at quarterback and Aaron Rodgers in his first year as a starter. Aaron Rouse, a 99-yard pick six for the Packers in that game, and, and, the, and the Packers just stomped the, the living daily out of the Colts in that game. And um, this, of course, will be the last home game of them this month for them. The Packers go to Tennessee next week and then at Washington on Sunday night and at Philadelphia on Monday night. So a three-game road trip, two primetime games there. Clearly this is a, a challenging part of the schedule. And one last note here, uh, which might be pertinent here with, with Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery's status up in the air heading this game. In that Colt, in, in that Falcons game last week, Jeff Janis, Geronimo Allison, Trevor Davis all had their first regular season of touchdown catches. That's the first time since 2000 that a team had three players for their first regular season touchdown catch. And here's uh, Jordy Nelson and those three guys. The more experience those guys get, the better it'll be. We've said throughout the years that down the stretch, those guys are going to make plays for us. And we try to prepare them all the way back in training camp for that. And obviously it showed up on Sunday. They're making big plays for us and helping us be in the game and score some points. So that'll continue to grow. And it gives them that confidence that they can play at that level. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Once again, please be sure to check out my work over at PackerReport.com. We'll have a lot of stuff over there later this week, including the special teams rankings tonight and the world's best preview, probably late Friday night. Thank you once again for listening, 
Have a great day, and I will talk to you with our Behind Enemy Lines segment tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.